Well, I don't think much of us, uh, many of us saw this coming. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres uh, dominating the Vancouver Canucks tonight uh, in a way that shouldn't happen to a team that has Stanley Cup playoff aspirations. You could say the Sabres are 3-0 or whatever, but they beat the Montreal Canadiens who haven't won, the Coyotes who are terrible, and now the Vancouver Canucks. So let's break this one down. So the Canucks go down to one win in four games, a 1-2-1 and one record. Sabres now go up to 3-0-0. Oh, and oh. and uh, a lot of line juggling to start this game as the Canucks lose Quinn Hughes to an unknown issue that we uh, we don't know what's going on there. Uh, Kyle Burrows was taken out, so Brad Hunt, Luke Shen both come into the lineup, and safe to say, neither of them performed admirably. Brock Besser came in, Nick Batan got waved, Chase on got taken out of the lineup for this one, and the Canucks looked like an absolute mess. Uh, in net, Thatcher Demko going against the 40-year-old Craig Anderson, and look, the Canucks started this game off well. Uh, early going, they were dominating. They looked like they should against the Buffalo Sabres. We had Tanner Pearson going in, winning a battle behind the net, feeding Horvat in front, went high glove, makes it one nothing early. And it looks like a game where, look, the Canucks are going to do uh, pretty well tonight. They were they were the better team early, um, but the Sabres went out, answered minutes later as Kyle Ocposo takes the puck off of a failed Brad Hunt pinch on the odd man rush. Ocposo goes high glove, ties it up at one. And that's sort of the first negative on, uh, on Brad Hunt uh, in a Canucks uniform. Uh, and then with about seven minutes to play, uh, Justin Dowling steals from Colin Miller, has a clear breakaway. And this this could have been a game changer. Hits the post, beats Anderson on the forehand, but he did score. The hockey gods smiled upon Dowling. Uh, Luke Shen point shot gets tipped up over the pad of Anderson. Canucks back on top. Vasily Colson had a really nice play here to get this one going. Uh, so we get to the second period and everything starts to fall apart. Uh, about halfway through the second period, the Sabres turn up the heat. They start putting on pressure in the Canucks zone. Um, my initial thought was, well, the Canucks, you know, four games in a six-game road trip. They might be tired. But look, they just had two days off. They didn't travel till yesterday. They got to stay basically three nights in Detroit. They should be pretty well rested. We're only four games into the season. Um, Tanner Pearson then takes a double minor for a high stick, a penalty you just can't take goes to lift a stick and that just builds the momentum of Buffalo. It allows them to keep just uh, piling on the pressure, absolute shooting gallery on this power play. I don't know how many shots they had. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like six or seven or eight. Um, they couldn't beat Demko until right after the power play ends point shot gets tipped past that or Demko to tie it again at two. Um, I think the Canucks tried to get a little bit of momentum back in the last two and a half minutes or so of this period after the Gergensen's goal. Um, however, it just wasn't enough. Uh, they couldn't get anything going there. So game is still tied after the second period shots after the second period, by the way, at this point, were 27 to 18 for Buffalo. And I think they ended what they end. They ended at 43, 34. We'll get to that. Uh, third period, uh, Canucks on the power play early in the third period. Uh, and Jack Rathbone gets tripped. And this is, it's not like, ah, he kind of got hauled down. It was one of the most clear-cut tripping penalties I've ever seen in my life. It goes uncalled. Why? Because the Cox already have a power play, and the refs don't want to make a big impact, you know? Make it a five-on-three, that's that's too unfair. Well, right the other way, because apparently the rulebook doesn't get called the same way all game or all season, uh, Sabres go down and score. It's Jeff Skinner, basically all by himself in front of Thatcher Demko, goes backhand shelf as he falls down, and uh, it's an absolutely beautiful goal. 
Uh, they just shouldn't have been in the position to score it anyways, literally all by himself. And the Canucks meltdown really continues on the defensive side. We have Will Butcher wide open for a point shot. Thompson, Tage Thompson, big guy, literally allowed three free whacks at the puck uh, to the point where Demko gets completely spun around, eventually scores. It's 4-2, and this game's basically over. We get the lotto line back together a little bit. They looked okay. Uh, finally, like some sort of a spark of offense. Besser takes a bad hooking penalty. Eight, just over eight minutes to go. You can't be taking penalties. Excuse me. Down two, eight minutes to go against a team you should be beating. Uh, they do end up killing that one off. Uh, we have Rasmus Dahlin getting a penalty for interfering with OEL. Kind of a weak call, maybe a makeup uh, call for that missed trip earlier on. Uh, so the Canucks have five and a half minutes or so to tie things up. Patterson hits the post immediately. Hoaglander gets robbed by Anderson because he waited too long to get a shot off. Canucks pull the goalie with three and a half minutes to go. Another very early goalie pull. And uh, Asplund, I think it was Asplund. Uh, yeah, Rasmus Asplund fires a empty netter from basically uh, his own face-off dot and hits the Canucks net to basically end it. Uh, so not 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 a great night. And we'll get to the pluses and minuses. My one plus was the start. That's the only plus that I had on this list. Uh, Gmod, welcome to the VIPs. Thank you very much. Um, that was literally my one my one positive in this game is that they I thought they started really well and I thought they ended the second really well and that was kind of it. That was the extent of their good play. Uh, and then let's go to the minuses. I have a lot of them. Uh, the second period as a whole, it was rough. They only allow one goal, but they allowed all of the momentum to go into the Buffalo Sabres side. And they built off that and they built off that throughout the entire third period, which they put three goals in the net. Uh, power play was bad. Power play too uh, had a couple of glimpses, um, but the power play, they couldn't get anything going. Uh, it was just an absolute disaster. Uh, I'm just trying to get my uh, my comment thing up so I can reply to your comments uh, as we go here as well. There we go. Waiting for chat. We are good. Um, next, the defensive meltdown. Like I mentioned, the early third period, the Skinner goal uh, was bad defensively. Uh, like I said, Skinner basically alone in front. Uh, the second goal was bad defensively. Shannon Hunt weren't good. Uh, Kyle Burrows is apparently a really big deal. Uh, he's actually good. Uh, I would be amazed if he's not been back in the lineup uh, on Thursday. Uh, Quinn Hughes, we don't know why he was out, but he was clearly missed there as well. Um, and this is where it gets tough, right? Um, we have some comments here, and, and mainly this one from Lucas here saying, it's still early in the season, don't panic. But look, this is the season where the Canucks are supposed to make the playoffs, right? Uh, that's been the MO from management, from coaching, from ownership, from everybody. Um and from all accounts, what it's going to look like is the Canucks are going to be down to the wire. Most projections have the Canucks just missing the playoffs around 90 points. Some projections have them right around the playoffs, 95 points. If the Canucks miss the playoffs, these are the games that you look back on and say, man, you needed to get two points against the Buffalo Sabres. You needed to get two points against the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings, on, I'm not too worried about. They outplayed the Red Wings. They got goalied. But this one, they clearly just played really bad in front of like 3,000 people at the Key Bank Center. Uh, it's just, it's just a bad, it's, these are just things that you can't do if you're a playoff team, right? You don't see, uh, really good teams getting dominated in this way in Buffalo. Uh, and, and the big one is, you know, one win in four games, uh, you can say, okay, we well, have three points in four games. It's not terrible. Especially if look, if the Canucks go, they beat Chicago, they beat Seattle. It's seven points in six games. It's a fine road trip. 
but you know that's if they win the next two games if the canucks win one of those two games and it's five points in six games against some pretty bad teams or it's three points or four points in those six games and again once we come down to the nitty-gritty at the end of the season when the canucks are going to be playing those meaningful games in march and april every point is going to matter all right game pucks for this one for the canucks i don't know i think i i think i wrote dowling down because he had a he had a goal and he had the nice breakaway and he got rewarded with the tip good for him um, for Buffalo, we'll give it to, uh, we'll give it to Opozo because he got a point. He got two points. I don't know. I don't really care about the game pucks in this one. Uh, it was kind of a mess all around. So where does that leave the Canucks? Let me pull up the old standings machine here. Uh, Canucks in their division are now fifth in the division. They're tied with Seattle and Seattle's looked very bad. Also with three points in four games, they're behind Anaheim, San Jose and Edmonton. Now, some of the, you know, what the nice things for the Canucks, Vegas is one and one. Uh, they've only played two games, though. Uh, Calgary is a team that could be, you know, in the mix later on. They only have one point in two games. But teams like Edmonton are going to be ones that the Canucks are going to be competing with playoff spots for. Um, maybe Seattle if they step it up. So, you know, you do want to be building these edges everywhere you can early on in the season. Uh, upcoming games, two more games in this road trip here. We have the Chicago Blackhawks on Thursday, and we have the Seattle Kraken, uh, the first game at Climate Pledge Arena on Saturday, and the Canucks return home on the 26th against the Minnesota Wild. So that's my spiel for this one. Uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time on your comments, your questions uh, for the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes or so of the stream. We're probably not, it's probably not going to be a super long one tonight. Uh, I'll tell you guys that. So let's, uh, let's get some of your comments uh, and get through this. We have uh, quite a few people earlier on saying, you know, uh, coaching was an issue. Um, I don't know. Look, players got to go out and perform. Uh, and that's, uh, that is tough. Um, let's see here. Uh, Asian goalie saying, uh, this team's very unprepared without Hughes. Um, yeah. And I think part of it is, you know, mixing up the lineup a lot, um, really, you know, late in the, uh, you know, right before a game basically, or, or just in practice yesterday, all these defensive pairings get mixed up. So that is going to have an impact on the defensive structure. However, look, you still got to go out and perform. Um, let's keep going here. Uh, Chris. That was a rough one. Canucks just didn't seem in sync tonight. Part of the ebbs and flows of the season. Buffalo will fall back to the earth and the Canucks will rise like a phoenix from the ashes. This is a very positive take. Uh, and look, like people are saying, look, it is still earlier in the season. It's it's earlier in the season. That's fine. Um, but my my the issue is if the Canucks had gone out and dominated in this game, lots of people would be saying, oh, this team really looks good. They're a team that's dominating the bad teams. This is a really good indicator of things to come. However, the Canucks go out and play bad, and then those same people go out and say, oh, well, it's not an indicator of things to come. It was one bad game, and it's, you know, you can't celebrate the wins as these huge victories and indicators of the future if you then take the losses and throw them out as if they don't matter, especially when we're talking about a team that hasn't been successful lately. They haven't been successful in, you know, five years uh, or seven years or 10 years or whatever your measure for success is. Uh, so if you do want them to be successful, uh, they, they're going to have to learn from this one and uh, and move on and have a, a short memory going into Chicago on Thursday night. Because Chicago on Thursday night is, a, is another one of those games where it's a team that they should beat 
And same with Seattle. It's a team they should beat. I mean, we saw them get killed by Philadelphia the other night. We saw we're seeing them get destroyed by the Devils tonight. Or it's only three one, but they looked really bad early. Um, I wonder. I feel like they're. I'm just gonna pull it up here. Uh, actually, they're only barely getting outshot by the Devils, but. Still, these are two games that you should win. The The fear is if you go into, if the Canucks go into Chicago and they lose that game, right? Then, you know, the Canucks are one and four, one, three, and one. And things are looking really bad, right? One win in five games would be terrible. One win in six games would be even worse. And then it starts getting into must win territory this early in the season uh, against teams like the Wild. Because if you go one and four, if you go one and five, things are looking really, really scary uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, Nick saying the Canucks can't lose to these weak teams. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, it, if you go in and, and like I said, you're trying to make the playoffs and you need to win, you need to get about 95 points. So you need to win about 45 games and get a few OT losses. So you have to win more than half of your games. Well, it's a lot easier to win these games and it's going to be to win your two games against Tampa Bay, your three games against Colorado, uh, your games against Vegas, you know, your games against your two games, um, a- against teams like in the Metro, right? The Canucks are going to have to play, uh, twice against Pittsburgh, twice against Carolina, twice against Washington, uh, the Islanders, right? These are going to be team, uh, teams that aren't going to roll over. Uh, so you got to get your wins when you can early on in the season. Uh, let's keep scrolling here. Uh, Chris saying playing hunt on the power play. Don't do that. Uh, I don't think I, I don't, I didn't really notice a lot of Brad hunt on the power play. I know they had OEL in the first unit, second unit. I always kind of call a, a mishmash because they're preparing for the guy coming out of the box anyways. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're just trying to fill holes in and see where guys can fit in. Um, and you know, there's this weird thing where it looks like, you know, we can't have Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser all in the lineup at the same time, which is frustrating, right? We only had Besser in all preseason. Then, um, Besser is out and now Besser comes back. Hughes is out. We need the core to be healthy altogether. Um, but you know, injuries are a part of the season. Every team deals with them. The Buffalo Sabres didn't have Jack Eichel in their lineup. What you think, you think the Canucks really missed Quinn Hughes? How do you think Buffalo is missing, uh, one of the best players in the league? So Definitely something to keep watching. Chris saying that uh, Pod Colson had a strong game. I thought Pod Colson was good. Uh, he made that nice play um, uh, early on, but uh, yeah, he didn't stand out a ton. But I think he was not the issue tonight. Uh, uh, Marcus saying Pullman, uh, his plus for the night is Pullman's got dangles. Yeah, that was surprising. Uh, Tucker Pullman did have that one little nice move to the inside, which I didn't see coming. Uh, and then Marcus saying minus we need to teach the boys what a power play zone entry is. And I think that's fair. Uh, the Canucks power play power play one uh, is struggling to gain entry into the zone. Power play one struggling to do a lot. And we saw that especially on the last power play uh, when Darlene got a penalty where power play one went out there and did absolutely nothing for about 80 seconds. Power play two comes out there. They get a couple of quick chances because they're a little bit more free flowing, a little bit less structured. Um, which might be something, which is something that we've seen uh, over the past year as well. Monotone Cube saying that Pedersen hasn't looked good so far. Yeah, I thought Pedersen was very, um, quite invisible tonight. He had his one, he has his two really good shots on the point. The one that hit the post, the one that got saved. Uh, and he, he was creating a bit of space, but there's also most of the game that uh, he didn't do much. I think through the first two periods, I saw a stat. It was like Pedersen. Miller and Garland had attempted zero shots on net combined, which look, your best player has got to be throwing pucks at the net. Um, let's keep scrolling here. 
Uh, Dabnet sanctioned the Canucks be fourth. I don't know. I'm looking at NHL.com, uh, and that's what it says. So, uh, oh, it's because the uh, the Canucks have their one win in a shootout, which counts for less uh, than overtime. Uh, Montone Cube again. Canucks are not scoring enough goals. Need to find ways to get more pucks in the net. Yeah, the shots from uh, from far out aren't working very well. Um, and the ones that aren't getting through, uh, you know, I mean, look, how many shots do they have tonight? Like 34, 34 shots is a lot, but again, a lot of that is score effects, right? Canucks are down two after early in the third period. So they go and get 16 shots in the third. They need to get these shots earlier. They need better shots. If I pull up natural stat trick really quick here, I just want to see, uh, sort of the heat map of where most of the chances were. If you look at the heat map for the Canucks, most of these shots are coming from, Basically, uh, some in front of the net where the Canucks two goals were scored, basically in front of the net. One was the tip. Uh, and then also a lot from like the left point uh, and a lot from high in the faceoff circles. You compare that to the Sabres. Uh, and let me just see if I can get the all. Um, let's just get 5v5 and I'll see if I can pull up this heat map for you guys. Uh, if I just save this to here and then I will pull it up really quick for you all. Screenshot. No, I don't want to open it. I want to. Drag it on screen. Here we go. Here's the heat map from tonight's game. Uh, you can see the Canucks. This is just a 5v5, but, you know, a little bit of, uh, of dark sort of between the hash marks where the Canucks had a couple of shots, a couple of shot attempts, but most of it coming from sort of that high left-hand side, a lot from the high right-hand side. You compare that to Buffalo, where three of their four goals came from, where most of their shot attempts came from were right in front of Thatcher Demko. Not a lot of shots from the outside, only like three shots from the left side of the ice for Buffalo, a couple from the right point but most of their uh, attempts were coming from the real danger areas, and that's where they scored all of their goals. So that's uh, a bit of an indictment on the defense, saying, you know, you got to clear guys out from in front of the net. You can't be allowing these second, third chances in front, like the Tage Thompson goal where you got like three whacks at it. Uh, and for the Canucks, you got to work harder to gain space in front of the net uh, and get more chances from there. Let's remove that. Um, and we're going to pick up a couple more questions here. Uh, lots of uh, negativity against Pedersen there uh, so far in the chat. We'll kind of skip through some of those. Um, I'm going to skip that one. Uh, Kanaki's asking what's missing. A gritty player, a vet. Um, look, the Canucks weren't that gritty tonight, but I don't think either team was. Um, the Canucks showed a lot of grit in Detroit. I, I think that that's such an overblown thing about like toughness and oh you need guys that want to win look they all want to win they just played like garbage tonight um i don't know what's missing uh i think i mean if you go through the if you go through everything right uh your top six isn't really producing you had the one horvat goal which was a good shot but uh the canucks are relying on guys like justin dowling to score goals um so your top six needs to start scoring more so that your defense can play a little bit tighter defense. They don't have to try to contribute offensively a lot. We saw a lot from the Canucks tonight where the defenseman would pinch and you'd get a two-on-one the other way. Uh, like I think the Ocpozo goal, which was basically a Brad Hunt pinch that failed. Uh, Buffalo Sabres come in two-on-one and get a chance or uh, there was a few like that. And that's something that you know they need to square up. Uh, defense has been a bit iffy, right? I mean, the Canucks allowed 43 shots tonight, uh, which is a ton. That's an absolute ton, especially, you know, being down two in the third period, you still allowed 16 shots in the third, 16 shots in the second. That's just too many shots, too many from high danger areas, uh, that need to get cleaned up. 
Um, Arctic saying he really misses Tyler Mott in the lineup. Yeah, Tyler Mott is an important piece. Um, I thought Lamico looked off tonight. I don't. He didn't impress me very much. Uh, to quote the great Shania Twain. Um, I, yeah, I think Lamico was struggling. I think someone like Tyler Mott coming back would be huge. Again, we don't have any updates on him, um, but that would be, uh, that would be very useful. Um, keep on scrolling here. Uh, Quatrob saying, don't understand how the Canucks had two days off to rest slash prepare. And they came up playing the worst game of the season so far. How does that even happen? Yeah, it, it's tricky, you know, uh, whether it's just work ethic and, and Buffalo work them, or if momentum is a big part of it, which we saw, you know, early in the third, um, cause we can look at the first period and say, you know what? The Cucks played fine. And they came with a two, one lead. Uh, did they try to get too defensive? Uh, cause they got absolutely stomped in the second period. And then early in the third period, that's what led to their, their loss. So I don't know how that happens. Um, and, and it is interesting to see the inconsistency from game to game that can happen with a lot of teams, right? That's why you do see teams like Tampa Bay lose games to team like teams like Ottawa or Buffalo when they, they shouldn't. Uh, the, another way that you have Montreal at 0-4, I think they are, to start the season. They've looked absolutely atrocious. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely, uh, I, I don't have a great explanation. Uh, Van City, how is that not a tripping call? The refs once again cost the Canucks the game. Now, look, yes, that should have been a tripping call. No, the refs didn't cost the Canucks the game. The Canucks got outplayed. The Canucks defense uh, were, I, I keep sort of ha trying to hammer this point home, but early in the third period, that was a huge defensive meltdown. That's what lost the Canucks the game. It wasn't the officiating. Yes, it would have helped. And yes, maybe the Canucks, maybe the result is different if that call gets made. That doesn't change whether the Canucks deserve to win this game or not. Uh, I think the Canucks deserve to lose this game. They did lose this game, and it wasn't because of the officiating. Um, going to keep scrolling here. Uh, a couple comments about Green pulling the goalie early. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Down two, he always he does like to pull it with like three and a half minutes left. Um, I think you know maybe maybe make it more two minutes, but. It's, it's easy to criticize when it doesn't work. And if it did work, you'd be like, oh, thank goodness he pulled it early because there's enough time to score another one. So uh, I'm not going to be uh, criticizing that too much. Uh, I'm going to keep scrolling here. Uh, Antonio saying we need Jonathan Dolan, who just scored two goals. Yeah, I mean, he needed a new start. He was, he was never going to make it here. Um, uh, I'm not too concerned about that. Um, keep scrolling. Aisha saying, I'm hoping this is a lot of lack of preseason time to gel. It could be. Uh, and I think it could be on the defensive side. It also could just be a sign of the Canucks not having a lot of defensive depth. Uh, and when they do lose a guy like Quinn Hughes, having to have Brad Hunt step in the lineup who, who didn't look good tonight, um, can be an issue. But again, you know, hopefully these are one-offs, right? Uh, if Brad Hunt plays better, if Luke Shen plays better, if Elias Pettersson plays better, then this could have been an entirely different game. Uh, so, again, uh, I don't think we should look too much into the wins, too much into the losses. It is still early, but um, it is a little bit alarming uh, this early in the season. Um, and I'm going to keep going here. Marcus asking, can we bring Lockwood up for hits? I think Lockwood might have got hurt today or yesterday. Um but I hope not. 
Also, I did really like Will Lockwood in preseason. Um, I'm just sort of reading your comments. I'm sorry I'm not super engaging right now, but I'm just like curious on all of your guys' takes. Um, fifth line center. They look sloppy. Pucks jumping like they all missed curfew. I have noticed that in the last couple of games. Pucks just not sticking to sticks. I saw Jack Rathbone had two occasions where the puck just slid off of his stick and he lost it. Uh, we've seen the puck jumping on JT Miller a lot. Um, I think I think your quote here, like they all missed curfew, kind of <laughs> kind of sounds right. Uh, that is kind of how they look tonight. It looked like they were tired or they had a late night last night and they just weren't ready for this game or they underestimated their opponent. Um, whatever the case is, uh, there, there are things that need to get cleaned up if this team wants to uh, be in the mix at the end of the season. Uh, Chris saying, when you lose, does it really matter if it's by two or by three? I'm assuming this is referring to sort of the whole empty net thing. No, in that case, no. However, um, do you give yourself 59 minutes to come back or 57 minutes to come back might be sort of the counter argument there for pulling the goalie earlier. If you get scored on, you know, right after you pull the goalie with three minutes left, like what happened to this one, well, then the last three minutes, the Canucks didn't have a chance to come back. But also it gives the Canucks more of a chance to come back if the net's empty. So it's a real... Uh, a real balancing act. See, do you think the lotto line should be reunited? I think so. Uh, that was the best glimpse of offense we saw in the third period was about 12 minutes into the third when they did put that group back together uh, or about 12 minutes left in the third. Don't remember which it was. Uh, I think that was their best um, offensive look of the night, really. Uh, and I think they're going to go back to that. Um, although I, I think Miller played well with, uh, with, I think it was Dowling and Pod Colson, or was it Garland and Pod Colson? I think it was Garland and Pod Colson, right? I don't remember. I I try. I kind of blocked out the first half. I kind of blocked out this whole game at this point, to be honest. Uh, Neil, do you think Green gets fired soon? I don't. Uh, I think if things real, if the wheels really fall off the wagon, right? If the Canucks are like one and seven, then probably. Um, however, if the Canucks are, you know, two and four. Probably not uh, if they win a couple of games here. If if the Canucks are so far below 500, then yes, probably. But I think they're committed to Travis Green, and I don't see him getting fired uh, over a couple of losses here. Uh, Marcus saying Dickinson has been invisible. Yeah, and I think that was kind of the way he was advertised, was to be sort of a, a defensive guy. But uh, yeah, he hasn't really stood out forward or defensively, uh, offensively or defensively, I should say. Um yeah, I think I think he has been kind of invisible so far, uh, which, you know, could be new team, could be a bunch of things. But it is something that, again, uh, that needs to get sorted out. Uh, Marjorie, should this game concern us? Only game four, but disappointing. I think it's cons I think it's concerning. Uh, I don't think it should be a panic button, if that makes sense. I think that we should look at this game and be like, Man, this team's got some flaws still. Like we said, coming to the season, especially defensively, this team has some flaws. Um, but they're not flaws that can't be overcome, I think. So uh, I, I think you should be, I think it should concern you. I just don't think you, we should be panicking, if that makes sense. Uh, New Jersey hit the empty net. Okay, a loss for the Kraken. That's good. Good for the Canucks. Uh, Marcus, bit of a stretch. Do you think Jet Wu could potentially help us on D or not? I don't think so. I don't think defensively. I don't think he's going to give you much more than a Luke Shen or a bad Hunt would. Um, I think Jet Wu needs uh, quite a bit more seasoning in the AHL. And I think... Um, we'll take one last question from David. Off the bat, is this team better or worse than last year? 
only based on performance thus far. Okay, well, let's run through the four games. This game, they played bad. Um, uh, last game, they played well. Uh, I think they I think they've looked better than they did last year because when I look at last year I think of February and February was such a an absolute disaster uh, that I don't think this team is going to do that again um, and just looking at the I know you say just based on performance but uh, looking at the roster that this team has it, it should be better than last year uh, I think it will be better than last year I just think the def the defense really needs to square things up because that's the that's the thing that worries me right you can have uh, a really great goalie in thatcher demko but he has to face 42 shots uh you're gonna lose quite often if uh, if you're allowing that many shots uh, especially i showed you guys the heat map how many of those were in tight anyways we're at the 30 minute mark i'm gonna wrap up here uh we'll do this again on thursday hopefully with a more positive result against the chicago blackhawks uh make sure you're subscribed for that uh, and all that good stuff. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. You can find me on Twitter at Parker's Pucks. Uh, go follow me there. I want to get some more Twitter Twitter friends. Uh, you can join the Discord. Everything's linked down below. Click on all those good links um, and all that stuff. You guys know the deal. Shout out to our members. I, I hate that the camera moves. I have it cropped out weird. Uh, backstage members, GOAT member Lucas. Thank you guys very much for supporting. If you want to join him uh, as a VIP like Gmod did today, uh, you can check out that join button down below. You get a little green name. Uh, and emojis in the chat and stuff. Uh, but that's it. That's all. And I will see you guys next time.